All right, episode one of I Talk Ball. Uh, today we're talking about the NBA trade deadline. Uh, concluded at 3 p.m. today. There were a ton of trades. I touched on about 20 different teams today. I tried to cover all the transactions. Um, it was one of the crazier trade deadlines that I've ever seen. We had names like Ben Simmons and James Harden getting swapped. Perzingis out of left field went to Washington. Uh, we, saw, we saw some really interesting trades today. Uh, at the end, I had uh, my good friend J.J. Hendrickson on, number one Celtics fan in the world. Gave some really, really good insight uh, into the the Celtics part of the trade deadline. I don't want to keep the intro going too long, so here are my thoughts on the 2022 NBA trade deadline. All right, so obviously the big deal of the day, Ben Simmons for James Harden. Uh, so the Sixers in this deal got James Harden and Paul Millsap. The Nets got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Drummond in two firsts. So I want to talk about this from the Sixers' perspective first. This works if you get the best version of James Harden and the current version of Embiid, and they perfectly coexist. That means Harden isn't taking the ball out of Embiid's hands. Uh, he's moving without the ball. He's playmaking. It all works perfectly if James Harden plays uh, in the most ideal way. He's known to not necessarily always put others before himself, but hey, we could see he could be a changed man. Uh, a thought that I had uh, after after mulling this trade over for a while, if the free throw baiting between those two guys continues to the level that it has been for basically their entire career, some Sixers games very well could become unwatchable. I mean, maybe I'm just picky, but I don't really like uh, seeing people shoot 10, 15 free throws a game. Um, so yeah, that was one thought I had about those two in particular. Uh, focusing on the other pieces the Sixers gave up, I think dealing Seth Curry and Drummond is going to hurt them in the end. Um, they were really, really important players for them. Seth has sometimes been the second-best offensive option. Sometimes it's been Maxi. It kind of varies with them because Embiid is the clear-cut number one guy. Their other guys get going here and there, Tobias, obviously. But uh, Drummond has been great off the bench for them all year. Uh, getting Millsap in return, I guess, is something. But I have to imagine that the Sixers will be active in the uh, buyout market for more depth. Because uh, they're they're missing it right now. Uh, their bench, their best bench players they have available are Furkan and uh, George Niang. And I guess uh, Danny Green, too, is still serviceable to an extent. But uh, the starting five is either... Excuse me, the starting five is going to be Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, and either Matisse or Danny Green. Um, I personally would say Matisse. I saw, uh, I think it was SportsCenter Bleacher Report, theirs had Danny Green. Either way, I think Matisse would be my pick for starter, but uh, then you're going to finish it off with Tobias and Embiid. Uh, I mean, you have Millsap coming off the bench and those two guys, Ferk and uh, George Niang. They're all right, but uh, I think they're going to be looking for more in the buyout market. The Nets, on the other hand, I 
Completely love this for them under one condition. Ben Simmons becomes Draymond Green Jr. If he tries to make everything go through him uh, like he tried to in Philadelphia, I don't think this works. Um, You know, he's going to have to screen, play make for others, obviously play defense. That's his biggest strong suit. But um, if he can basically be Draymond too and just do all the little stuff, facilitate, get guys open, they have some of the best offensive players in basketball. They have Kyrie and KD. KD's arguably the best offensive player of all time. I personally don't believe that, but some people probably do. Kyrie is one of the best offensive point guards ever. So he couldn't ask for much better of an offensive team. Uh, Their starting five is probably going to look like when Kyrie is available. It's going to be Kyrie, Seth Curry, KD, Ben, and either LaMarcus Aldridge or Claxton. Probably LaMarcus, but either way. Um, And then when Kyrie isn't available, who would they start? Who do they usually start instead of Kyrie? I don't know. But uh, anyways... That's a pretty good starting five. I think I think if Ben does become what everyone wants him to become on the Nets, I think the Nets got better from this because Harden was kind of loafing the way he did in Houston. He clearly didn't want to be there. So I think Ben's going to be hungry. I think he's going to want to prove himself. And I think that's going to be really good for the Nets. Uh, they also got away with keeping Bruce Brown, which is a big W for them because I heard... A lot of Sixers fans, and maybe there was an official report or like a rumor or something that uh, the Sixers wanted Bruce Brown in return. It's really, really good for them that they got to keep him. And then kind of finishing things up with the Nets, uh, I heard it was just a rumor. I'm not sure who reported it, but uh, that they wanted to maybe flip Claxton and some picks for Miles Turner. That obviously didn't happen. I'm glad it didn't. I like Miles Turner where he is. And I think every team in the East should be really thankful that the Nets did not get Miles Turner on top of all this. Next team I want to touch on is the Kings. I have no idea what is going on over there, what they're thinking, what their direction is. As you usually do with the Kings, this is nothing new for them. But I think this is the most egregious example of what are you doing in recent memory so if you haven't heard it the trade for some reason the kings got demontis sabonis jeremy lamb justin holiday and a second round pick from indiana and they sent to indiana who was supposed to be their franchise player in tyrese halliburton buddy healed and tristan thompson tristan thompson not really worried about buddy healed is one of the best three-point shooters in basketball but he didn't want to be there obviously Tyrese Halliburton, them trading him away is every bit as outrageous as Twitter would lead you to believe, which is a rare thing. Twitter, I think, has appropriately reacted to to Tyrese Halliburton being traded. Jeremy Lamb is an unrestricted free agent this summer. Maybe they just did that to make the money match, but he's not going to be there. I mean, unless he likes Sacramento for some reason, God knows why. Uh, Sabonis is a great player. Obviously, he's a two-time All-Star. He's one of my favorite players. However, there is absolutely no reason Sacramento should be in win-now mode, and trading for an already two-time All-Star is a win-now move, which it just makes no sense. I hear they're trying to get into the play-in, 
But even if you make the play-in, there's, there's absolutely no way. Say they win the play-in. Say they get in the playoffs. They're losing in four in the first round to no matter what team they play. It just doesn't make sense to me. And then they were part of a four-team deal today. They sent Bagley to Detroit. Thank God he's finally out of there. That's been a long time coming. I'm really happy for him going to Detroit. And they got back Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. DiVincenzo is another kind of like, why do you want this player kind of move. Um, He's not a bad player by any means. I just feel like Dante DiVincenzo is a player that you add to an already good team trying to make a deep playoff run. Uh, now, he is kind of young, so maybe they want him around for the long haul, but just another kind of weird move. Um, shout out to uh, P over at Through the Wire. I know he's a big Dante DiVincenzo fan, uh, so he could probably tell you better than I could about him on the Kings, but I just kind of find it weird. Trey Lyles, though. I thought I think Trey Lyles has been pretty good this year for the Pistons. I mean, given he is on the Pistons, so he'll probably get more opportunity than he would on a good team. But I've watched the Pistons play a few times. I like some of the players they have over there. And I couldn't even tell you what he's done well this year. But just watching him, I ha- I've come away with more that was a good play than that was a really stupid play. So... I kind of wanted the Bulls, I'm a Bulls fan, I kind of wanted the Bulls to go after him just for like one of our last options for a big, but hopefully he'll he'll flourish in Sacramento. Um, kind of finishing up with the Kings, they did not move Rashawn Holmes, which is really weird because there's no reason him and Sabonis should be playing together. Maybe the Kings didn't think about that, they probably didn't, but uh, yeah, I think that's going to look kind of weird. Um wanted the Bulls to get him. He was actually my number one, like, biggest wish for the Bulls to get, but they held on to him, so that is what it is. Another team moving away from the Kings that I have no idea what they're doing, the Portland Trailblazers. This has kind of been a recurring theme in recent years, saying, what are you doing to the Blazers? So they traded away CJ, which has been a long time coming. I totally understand that. However, I really don't think the market was as limited as the deal they got back. So they traded McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell to New Orleans. They got back Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Josh Hart, Sadoransky, Didi Luzada, first-round pick, and two second-round picks. Nikhil and Josh Hart are pretty good players. Some people aren't as high on Nikhil as I am. Also, shout out to P over at Through the Wire. He's a big advocate of Nikhil. But he was kind of the bright spot of this deal for me. And then they go out and they flip him for Joe Ingles, who's out for the season on an expiring deal, Elijah Hughes, and a second-round pick. My hope was that the Blazers were going to shut Dame down for the year They were finally going to get him to a new team. They were going to do right by him and start fresh with a rebuild and focus on Nikhil and Anthony Simons. But no, they flipped him for a player that I doubt re-signs with them because they're kind of a mess right now. And it just doesn't make sense to me. A fully healthy starting five for them right now 
would be Dame, Anthony Simons, Nasir Little, Josh Hart, and Yusuf Nurkic. I didn't know this, but they waived Cody Zeller, so you're going to have to play Josh Hart and Nasir Little as like kind of small ball bigs, which I don't really love, but I don't really love anything the Blazers are doing right now. And the argument I've seen on Twitter has been, oh, they were just getting rid of uh, of salaries to have cap room. That's great until you realize the Portland Trail Blazers are not signing any free agent that's going to move the needle for them. They have $60 million, I think, in cap space. Who are they going to sign? I've heard DeAndre Ayton, but even if, even if DeAndre Ayton's like, I'm going to go to Portland, what does he really do for your ceiling? Unless he turns in to the second coming of Joel Embiid, which that'd be really cool, I guess, but... Yeah, the Blazers, I, I just don't understand, man, what the Blazers are doing. I feel really bad for Dame, except actually at this point, I don't really know if I do feel bad for Dame. It's kind of the same thing as Bradley Beal, where you've had so many chances to leave, so many chances to go find better for yourself, and neither of them have taken it. So my sympathy is kind of running low for Dame, but I mean, he had to be consulted on these trades, so if they did what he wanted, then... Who am I to say different? On a more positive note, I actually do like what the Pacers have done. I at first was skeptical when they traded Levert because all they got back was a lottery-protected first from Cleveland and two seconds along with an injured Rubio whose contract is expiring and there's no way they should re-sign him even if he did want to because they have Brogdon and TJ McConnell along with now Halliburton and... uh and uh, Chris Duarte, but what they got was, as I mentioned in the Kings part, Halliburton, Buddy Heel, Tristan Thompson. I do hear Tristan Thompson is probably going to get bought out, um, so he's going to be gone, but Halliburton, I am pretty confident, is going to be the best pacer since Paul George. I can say that with, with pretty good confidence. He has shown all-star flashes in his second year already. It, the Kings were just so incredibly dumb to to give him up. Um, I do think the Pacers made the right call in trading Sabonis away rather than Miles Turner because I think you get more back with Sabonis than you would with Miles Turner, which they obviously got back the jackpot of all possible packages. Um, and Miles Turner seems excited to play with Halliburton, so that's good news for them. Uh Thompson's likely to be bought out whenever that. Uh, then, today, they traded um, Torrey Craig to the Suns, sent him back home, for Jalen Smith in a second-round pick. Jalen Smith has shown flashes, and I think it's good for them to get him um, as a backup big. Maybe he'll be good enough to be their starting four, or maybe he'll move Turner to the four if, if uh, he becomes really, really good. Um, but there was also a rumor that they were going to flip Heald and Picks, but they didn't. They held on to Buddy Heald, and they have him for at least two more years. Maybe he'll leave after that, but they have one of the best three-point shooters in basketball for the next two years. That's you, you can never complain about that. A question I do have, though, about their future is what do you do with Malcolm Brogdon and TJ McConnell? I don't think there's a world in which you keep both because 
Malcolm Brogdon, you you couldn't have traded him this year because you extended him at the beginning of the season. And th- there's just not enough room on the roster for all four of those guys, at least in my opinion. Maybe they do keep all four, but I think they should keep at least one of them around to kind of mentor the young guys, Duarte and Halliburton. Uh, Brogdon is obviously a fringe all-star when he's healthy. TJ McConnell's one of the best defensive guards in basketball. So either way, you're getting some good vet leadership from those two guys, but I just struggle to see them keeping both. Uh, that's about all I have to say about the Pacers. But uh, moving on to the Wizards. The Wizards kind of took a W today. That's that's kind of rare for them to do. Um, they traded Davis Bertans and Dinwiddie for out of left field, Kristaps Porzingis and a second round pick. The Mavs got absolutely robbed. I have no idea what they were thinking. Dinwiddie has been bad this year, and Bertans is just like, I'll take him or leave him. Porzingis has been pretty good this year for the Mavericks. I guess this could be like a last ditch, one last try attempt to uh, keep Beal in Washington, I personally think. Just like the Blazers, they should just call it quits with their with their superstar and just do a rebuild. But I guess they're electing to not do that. They also traded away Montrez Harrell. They got Vernon Carey and If Smith in return, which I mean whatever. I to me I, I, they obviously didn't do this, but it if I didn't know any better, it just looks like they did the Hornets a solid, gave them the center because Vernon Carey and Ish Smith. I mean they're they're okay players, but in return for Montrez, who's been pretty good this year, I personally would have wanted more. Um, they also traded away Aaron Holiday, and I could not find anywhere what they got back for that. Um, that The disposal of him doesn't really sway me one way or the other. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Bradley Beal, Przingis, and the newly emerged Kyle Kuzma could, could be something. Maybe they could. It's kind of a weird team-up to me, but, you know, I wish them the best. I, I hope they get out of this what they want. Another Eastern Conference team that I don't really have too much to say about, but the Raptors, they got Thaddeus Young and Drew Eubanks and a second-round pick in exchange for Goran Dragic, who we all know didn't want to be there, and a first-round pick. I hope that they don't hang on to Thad because I want him back on the Bulls, but I think he's going to be awesome for them. I think he could be a really good mentor for Scotty Barnes. And I guess they're trying to make a playoff push because they are kind of up in the standings now. Uh, they're I think they're above the Celtics last time I looked. Maybe like the sixth seed or something. But um, Thaddeus Young is still a very good NBA player, as he showed last year with the Bulls. I really, really wish we held on to him. But uh, yeah, I, I wish him luck in Toronto. Moving on to possibly the title favorite at least from the east maybe not after the the whole Harden Simmons thing today but the Bucks right they were part of that four team deal i talked about earlier with uh with Bagley they got Serge Ibaka from the Clippers they got two seconds in cash in exchange for DiVincenzo Ojale and Hood uh Rodney Hood those three guys went to different teams i think Hood and Ojale went to the Clippers, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, DiVincenzo went to the Kings. But um, I think surge for them is going to be pretty good. Like, 
maybe not to the level of Brooke Lopez, but he's another vet big playoff experience. Still at least some life left. I mean, he is kind of getting up there in age, but I don't think it hurts. And they opened up a little bit of money, so maybe they could get some more buyout guys for their championship run. Um, yeah, I, I like that trade for them. Moving on to the surprise story of the NBA this year, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think this has been a really good trade deadline for them. They got Levert. The, the Levert thing was kind of their only transaction, but a good one nonetheless. They, again, got rid of injured Rubio and some picks. It's a huge W for them. It's sad to see them uh, get rid of Rubio after he kind of helped them get here. It was really good for them. Dropped, like, you remember when he had, like, nine threes or something crazy like that in the garden? Like, 30 points, something like that? But, um, yeah, sad to see him go. The Cavs are no title contender, but with the way they're looking, I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. A starting five of Garland, Lavert, Laurie Markkinen, uh, Evan Mobley, potential rookie of the year, and should have been, or maybe not should have been, but definitely deserved to be an all-star, Jarrett Allen. Sexton's out for the season, I think. Um, you'd probably start him at the two, move Levert to the three, put Laurie on the bench if he was healthy. But anyways, that's a really good starting five. That's a playoff caliber starting five. And then off the bench, they have Kevin Love, who could be the sixth man of the year. I think it's going to be Tyler Hero, but Kevin Love has been really, really good as their sixth man this year. If I'm not mistaken, it is his one of his most efficient seasons to date, and he's been in the league for a million years, so that's been nice to see. Then they have Rondo, Isaac Okoro, Chetty Osman. I like the Cavs, man. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, if you have been put on, I would start watching them. Um, and then kind of wrapping up my thoughts on them, Sexton is a restricted free agent after this year. That was a topic earlier this year. Should they extend him? Should they let him walk or let him sign an offer sheet? I don't really feel super strongly one way or the other. I would like to see what they could get out of him with a sign-in trade since uh, Darius Garland has emerged as the clear better one of the two. I wouldn't really hate it either way if they kept him or dealt him. But uh, yeah, that kind of wraps up my thoughts on the Cavs. Moving to the Western Conference, uh, a team that I kind of am confused more than anything about is the Spurs. So they got Dragic and a first-round pick, as we already talked about with the Raptors. They gave away uh, Thaddeus Young, Drew Eubanks, and a second. Dragic is almost certainly going to get bought out, um, but I'm glad they freed Thaddeus Young because they weren't even playing him anyways. His services are still very usable. So I'm glad they did that. Uh, then they got Sadoransky and a second-round pick in that uh, Nikhil uh, Portland Trailblazers jazz deal. Um, and they sent out Juancho Hernan Gomez. So they were just kind of there in that trade. Um, none of those things really do anything one way or the other for them. But uh, something that is kind of significant, they got Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, and a first from Boston in exchange for Derek White. The bad side of that is DeJounte Murray apparently did not like that they traded him because he posted that meme on Twitter. It was like Kevin Hart or something. It's not really great when you 
deal your all-stars friend. So maybe I interpreted that tweet wrong, but not very good if they have upset DeJounte Murray. And the part that I'm really kind of confused about is what is the direction for them post-Popovich? Because I'm pretty sure this is his last season coaching. Uh, It should be. He deserves some rest after what seems like a 50-year career. Uh, I was hoping Becky Hammond would get the job after he left, but congrats to her going to... I think she got the job with the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA. But, yeah, I'm just kind of confused on their direction, as I am with like those other Western Conference teams, the Blazers, the Kings. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it all unfolds. Another Texas team, though, one that we kind of already touched on, the Mavericks. Why did they trade Przingis for Dinwiddie, who's been bad, and Davis Bertans? Like, Bertans, I would like on the Mavs if they still had Przingis, but that that whole trade led me to believe in the moment that they had another trade lined up for a different big, and that's why they traded Przingis, but clearly that wasn't the case. Uh, and then they extended Dorian Finney-Smith today, too, I think, like a four-year extension. That's pretty cool, because he's been their best defender, one of their best three-point shooters at times. Um, but, on the other side of this, kind of going away from the negative, they did not trade Jalen Brunson, which I love for them. I heard rumors all week of him maybe getting traded, although most of them were from Knicks fans, so I don't know how much weight I should have put into that. But I'm glad they didn't trade him. I think he should be around until he shouldn't, until things go wrong. He's been really good next to Luka. He has come into his own on the offensive and playmaking end. Uh, I saw them play the Blazers uh, in December, and he was really good. Um, But I just keep coming back to the Przingis thing, because it just seems nonsensical. Like... Maybe on in the off season it would have made more sense because everyone was calling for him to get traded, but maybe there were some internal problems. Maybe him and Luca didn't get along too well because the Rick Carlisle firing was kind of at the time questionable, but then it came out that he was a complete jerk to people and Luca didn't like him at all. So maybe a story is gonna come out that him and Luca didn't get along. I don't know. But a surprising team, a, a positive surprise, has been the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, once they get fully healthy, I kind of like them as a playoff team. They got McCollum, uh, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell, as we talked about earlier. And they gave up Josh Hart, Nikhil, uh, Sadoransky, Didi Lozada, and some picks. Their starting five is probably playoff caliber. They're going to have Devontae Graham... Uh, McCollum, Brandon Ingram, who has been on an absolute tear recently, uh, Zion, and Jonas Valanciunas. That is a really good starting five, even in the Western Conference. You might want to start Herb Jones over Devontae Graham and move CJ to the point because someone's going to have to defend. Zion is definitely going to have to buy in on the defensive end, uh, as he kind of did in college, because the defense is looking a little bit shaky. Um, They do have Nance, though, who has been a pretty good defender. And uh, speaking of Nance, off their bench, they have him, they have Tony Snell, who, as much of a meme as he is, is a respectable bench player. 
Uh, Jose Alvarado, who has been pretty good recently, he's going to come out as a decent player for them. And Jackson Hayes has also been pretty good for them recently. So they have a pretty nice team going. Um, They're probably going to have a really good draft pick because they're so horrible. I hope they kind of tank um, in hopes of getting a really good pick. Um, And they could could draft a stud. They could have another good draft pick. Um, I am kind of upset that they move on from Nikhil, although I do understand it. He has had his opportunities, and he didn't do that great. I think he's shooting sub 40% from the field this year, but uh, I do want to see him succeed, and I was hoping that would be in Portland. But um, he's in Utah now, so we'll see what that looks like. Um, And I think this is a good step in the direction of keeping Zion happy. They just traded for a fringe all-star guy. They have a good bench now, or at least better than it was. So hopefully Zion actually plays some basketball next year, maybe at the end of this year, who knows. Speaking of the Jazz and Nikhil, let's talk about them. Um, They got Nikhil and Juan Hernan Gomez, and they sent out Ingles, who was injured for the season, which... It's kind of sad to see him go. I was kind of hoping he would be with the Jazz forever, but um, it makes sense. Basketball is a business. Uh, they sent out Elijah Hughes as well in a second-round pick. What I do, the, the positive I can take away from Nikhil going to Utah is he reminds me of Jordan Clarkson, so hopefully he can get some good mentorship, some good uh, influence from Jordan Clarkson and develop into one of those uh, kind of sixth man scoring archetypes that we've seen with the likes of like Lou Williams. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about the Jazz. They didn't make any groundbreaking moves. Uh, going back east, the Pistons. Um, obviously, no move that they made made them a playoff team or even close to it. But they got Marvin Bagley. I'm happy for Motown Noah, who has been wanting this for a while. I'm really happy he got out of Sacramento, because I, I just hate seeing people all sad in Sacramento, just wasting away year after year. Um, so I'm happy he's there now. They really didn't give up too much for him. They gave up Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson. Um, they held on to Jeremy Grant, which was surprising, because... Leading up to the deadline, Jeremy Grant was one of the names that we heard seemingly every day in rumors. Um, But it sounds like him and the Pistons are on the same page now, and we'll see where this team goes. Um, If Bagley does end up panning out to what we thought he once could be, a starting five in a few years of uh, Cade Cunningham, Hami Diallo, Sadiq Bey, Bagley, and Isaiah Stewart could be pretty good if they all live up to their to their ceiling or close to it. And then, obviously, they're going to get a really nice pick. Uh, so they could maybe get Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, uh, Paulo from Duke. Uh, they could get another stud like they got in Cade Cunningham. So Pistons' future is looking kind of nice. Um, staying in the East, the Hornets. The Hornets finally got a center. I'm really happy that they finally got a center. That's been an issue for them for years now. Uh, they were linked to Miles Turner. Obviously, that didn't end up happening. Um, 
but I'm glad they got Montrez, man. Uh, they gave up. They only gave up Vernon Carey and Ish Smith. Like I said when I was talking about the Wizards, that's not really that much for a good center. Um, and with Ish Smith out the door, James Booknight is going to get more minutes, which I think he should have been getting in the first place. So really excited to see him probably come into his own down in Charlotte. Um, and then wrapping up the Hornets, they held on to P.J. Washington, who was another name that we heard uh, floated around. Him and Jakob Pertl were, uh, were kind of thrown out there for a few days. Neither of those guys ended up getting traded. I really wanted the Bulls to get P.J., um, or just some big, man, God. Um, but yeah, they kept P.J. Washington. So things are kind of looking up down in Charlotte. Um, th- they're a really fun team to watch, so I'm glad they finally got... Uh, They finally filled one of their biggest holes. All right, another finals contender that made a move today were the Suns. Uh, They're actually my pick to win it all. They have been way better than they were last year, and they have that hunger uh, to go out and get it this year. But uh, the deal they made today was they got Torrey Craig back. They had him last year, and they gave up Jalen Smith in a second-round pick. And that was kind of surprising because I had seen Jalen Smith as valued a little bit higher than that. Um... And they gave up him and a pick to get Torrey Craig. So, I mean, obviously Jalen Smith, his role on a championship team isn't really there right now. He kind of has some developing to do, but he has shown flashes. So I do like that for the Pacers. Um, And I do like Torrey Craig coming back for the Suns. Um, He gives them more depth than they already have. He's a good 3 and D guy. Uh, He... I wanted to freak out when he was guarding DeRozan uh, in some games this year because he's such a good defender. But um, they also picked up Aaron Holiday. And again, I could not find what they gave up to get Aaron Holiday. But um, it was probably just cash or something. But um, he doesn't really sway me on the Suns. I mean, he's probably not going to play very much. But um, he's shown scoring flashes at times. So maybe maybe he could do some scoring for them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a minor move, but, but a move nonetheless. Moving on to the Bulls, my favorite team. We did nothing today and I I have mixed feelings on that. I really, really, really wanted us to trade for Rashawn Holmes. Maybe we did not have a package that the Kings liked, which makes sense because the only players I really want to trade are... Uh, Tony Bradley, Troy Brown Jr., and Matt Thomas. Those three combined, if I'm the Kings, I don't really want to trade Rashawn Holmes for that, but I would have loved to get it done nonetheless. I would have loved P.J. Washington, too. He obviously stayed in Charlotte. Uh, so though I, I just got to move past those two guys because we didn't trade for him, and that's okay. I did see Casey Johnson, one of the Bulls insiders, say that we'd be active in the buyout market, Um, but I don't really know what that looks like for us. Um, My absolute dream would be Thaddeus Young getting bought out by Toronto, um, or waived, or whatever, but I don't think that's going to happen since they specifically traded for him. I would love it, though. Um, Another guy that I think could maybe get bought out is Dennis Schroeder. We were rumored in trade talks with him, um, so it would make sense that we would maybe pick him up if he gets bought out. I wouldn't hate it. It wouldn't be my first choice. We need to focus more on wings and bigs, but I definitely would not hate that one. I would also really, really like 
if the Nuggets would stop signing DeMarcus Cousins to 10 days so we can pick him up. I've wanted to pick him up since early this season because he wasn't on a team. And he showed with the Bucks that he's still able to contribute. We need a contributing big. I think Boogie would answer a lot of those. Uh, he would fill a lot of those holes. Um, so he's one of my top choices too. I really, really hope our front office does not sign Ennis Freedom. I just don't really want his off-the-court antics on my team. I I don't want him anywhere near my team, so I hope we don't sign him. And then I saw Rusty Buckets say that uh, Gary Harris and Tristan Thompson were potential targets. He's obviously just a fan, too. I don't think he has inside knowledge. However... I would not mind either of those guys. I would prefer Thompson because we need a big more than another guard. But Gary Harris would be really good for us too. We drafted him. I forget what year, but we ended up trading him for Doug McDermott. Be cool to bring him back. Um, but, but my biggest issue with us not making a trade today is the Bucks, the Sixers, the Nets, the Cavs, the Celtics, and the Hornets all got better today. We've been kind of on the decline with all our injuries recently. We need to get better, simply. Almost every team in the East, every team in the East that is kind of relevant right now did get better, and I just think we need to follow suit. That's as much as I'll talk about the Bulls. I don't want to go on for too long about them. But I got two more teams that did absolutely nothing. Let's start with the New York Knicks. I saw a report this morning that said everyone on their roster was available. They ended up doing nothing. So maybe they wanted too much in return. Maybe they had a change of heart. I don't really know what it was. But they are horrible right now. So it would have only made sense for them to kind of retool their roster. I think I would have liked to see them do right by Cam Reddish and trade him because apparently Thibodeau didn't even want him. Because uh, he wants to win now and not develop young guys. Cam Reddish just simply needs to play somewhere. He he has the talent. He's shown the potential, the flashes. I just wish they kind of would have done right by him and traded him somewhere else. I heard him link to the Lakers, which, spoiler, is the next team that did absolutely nothing. Um, If I ran the Knicks, I probably would have traded Julius Randle after that... Uh, I don't know if I'd call it an outburst, but uh, that video of him on the bench the other day, kind of like uh, knocking that, that uh, I don't even know what that guy was. Like he, he was part of the coaching staff in some aspect, and he was like showing Julius something on, uh, on his laptop. I'm sure you've seen the clip, but Julius kind of knocked this guy's laptop out of his face. And you're supposed to be the leader of this team, man. You can't, you, you can't act like that anymore. And I, I just think... He's proven that he's not ready to be the leader. He's not ready to be the number one guy. I mean, last year he certainly looked like it, but after he got his bag, he got his big contract, he's kind of stopped caring. It's shown. Um, I mean, he's had some good games recently, but they have not led to wins. So I would have personally traded him. Um, this, I, I didn't hear this anywhere, but I would have loved if they would have traded Taj or released him, bought him out, got rid of him in some way, because... I kind of want him back on the Bulls. He was one of my favorite players on the Bulls when we had him. Um, and th that was just kind of a personal wish of mine, not really anything of substance. But um, another thing that was kind of surprising was 
Kemba did not get traded. Um, Kemba has been kind of not favored by the team almost all year now. Um, so I'm surprised he is still on the roster. Uh, I don't know where he would have gone or what team would have looked for him. But uh, speaking of teams that I don't know that they would have traded for a player, let's talk about the Lakers, who also did absolutely nothing. Westbrook, I didn't think he was going to get traded, because just like Kemba, I don't really think there's anything out there. But, oh man, Twitter is going to be fun for the rest of the year, talking about Westbrook. But um, I, I just don't even know what to say about the Lakers. The... The construction of this roster with all these old dudes was idiotic from the start. I don't know why they thought it was going to work, what they thought was going to happen, but it's proved to to be nonsensical, like it was from the beginning. Uh, THT lives to see another year in LA. We saw him rumored with like 10 teams this year, so I'm with like the Magic, the Knicks, Detroit, I think I saw. I saw him with like 10 different teams. He lives to see another year. Uh, I saw Terrence Ross rumored with the Lakers. That didn't come through. Um, apparently, they'll be active in the buyout market, but the buyout market is typically older guys, so I don't really love that for them either. The The whole situation over there at the Crypto.com Center has just turned into a circus and I, I just, I, I'm so tired of hearing about the Lakers every day, man. I I would be surprised if LeBron doesn't single-handedly take them at least to the play-in or keep them in the play-in because that's where they are right now. But, um, man, oh man, am I tired of hearing about the Lakers. All right, so that pretty much wraps up my thoughts on all the transactions today, except for the Celtics, which we'll be getting to now. I had on my good friend J.J. Hendrickson. He's the number one Celtics fan that I've ever seen. He uh, gave some really good uh, insight into the Celtics part of all the action today. Um, he thought he touched really well on Derek White, uh, you know, the direction moving forward with possible offseason, possible buyout guys. Uh, the Celtics Celtics are looking pretty good. Um, they've been on the, the upswing recently, so uh, I'll stop talking. Uh, here is J.J. Hendrickson on the Celtics. All right, as a special treat, I called in the number one Celtics fan in the world, J.J. Hendrickson, fellow sports media major. Uh, so you're obviously a Celtics fan. Today you guys got Derek White, Daniel Tice, and you gave up a slew of people, including Josh Richardson, Romeo, that's been a long time coming, Ennis Freedom, uh, PJ Dozier, Bol Bol, Bruno Fernando, and Schroeder, who's been rumored for a while. So what what are your general thoughts on uh, on this deadline for the Celtics? So overall, I definitely think the Celtics had a good deadline. I'm happy with Brad Stevens did his first uh, deadline as GM. I'd give him a B plus, A minus, right in that range. The uh, Bobo PJ Dozier trade was the first trade we saw, just flipping them for second rounder. Uh, they were going to expire at the end of the year. I didn't expect them to re-sign, so it's good that we got some value for them while we still could. The uh, big one was definitely the Derek White trade. I'm very happy with how this came out for the Celtics. 
Uh, I expect him to slide into the Schroeder role, the playmaker off the bench. He can score, handle the ball, take some stress off of Marcus Smart. Uh, they didn't give up all that much in the grand scheme. Richardson was playing 25 minutes a game. Well, Romeo was playing 17, started five games. Was not either. Neither of them were big contributors. Neither averaged even double-digit points per game, although you did like Richardson's wing scoring off the bench. However, the emergence of Grant Williams really allowed them to move Richardson this year and feel comfortable to do so. Grant Williams this year is shooting 42.9% from three, best on the Celtics, fifth best in the league, currently sitting tied with Doug McDermott. Uh, Derek White is going to provide some really good playmaking off the bench. 5.6 assists a game this year. That's more than anyone on the Celtics have had. And in addition to this, he's played under Udoka's system before. Uh, he was an assistant in San Antonio for White's first two seasons, the 17-18 and 18-19 season. Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, something that you didn't even touch on is Derek White is a great defender. Him and Marcus Smart as a defensive backcourt. Um that's going to be pretty scary. Um, I mean, he he's no Marcus Smart, but I, I think he's a really good defender, and that's like a that's an underrated part of his kind of complete uh, complete skill set. Um, I also really like the Tice thing, um, just as a backup big. Um, and another thing, do you think the Celtics, with all those players they dumped, uh, do you have any ideas on who they would potentially sign on the buyout market? Mark, I can't tell you. You have no idea what the Celtics ever do. They're always rumored with a bunch of guys, but you just have no idea who they're ever going to pick up. Last year, I was hoping Drummond, and they just didn't execute on that front. So I'm hoping they'll do something. But I I see them moving to an eight-man rotation this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're not even active on the buyout market. The eight-man being Smart, Brown, Tatum, Robert Williams, and Al Horford in the starting five. Uh, bringing Derek White, Grant Williams, and Daniel Tice off the bench. I think they'll definitely throw some occasional minutes at Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith if the game isn't going well, their bench guys aren't performing. But overall, the biggest things that concern me with the trades made today is giving up the first rounder to San Antonio, although the team has started to perform better. So it's looking like it would have been late teens, early 20s. It is top four protected, so should something crazy happen. And the contracts between Tice and uh, Derek White. Derek White's owed $58 million over the next three seasons, and Tice is owed $26 million. So I was hoping the Celtics would be contenders in free agency this year for a big-name player like maybe Bradley Beal. But with these two trades, I don't know if they have the cap space to do so anymore. Sure, and, and like a, they could always trade for him or do like a sign-and-trade, something like that, because – yeah, I mean, the, the Wizards and Bradley Beal have kind of, I feel like, run their course, but I've felt like that for years now. And with them picking up Przingis, that kind of screams last-ditch effort to keep Bradley Beal around. Um, but with moving, all I have one, two, three, four, five, seven players they dealt today. They're going to pick up someone eventually, whether it be in the buyout market, whether it be in free agency, uh, sign and trade in the off season, just regular trade in the off season. Um, they're they're going to pick up someone eventually, and uh, I think with the roster they've put together, they could get someone of value. Uh, I'd like to see them get another good, like really good three point shooter, like Derek White is, because he's far and away your best three point shooter right now. With Tatum and Brown being so inconsistent, um, but yeah, I think I think they're setting themselves up for some uh, good acquisitions next year.
Yeah, just to touch on uh, Derek White's three-point shooting, I'm hoping he can really become a knockdown shooter. This year, he's only shooting about 31% from three. However, over his last 10, he is shooting 46.4% from three. So I'm hoping we'll have that continuity of the knockdown shooter because that's really one of the biggest needs the Celtics have had throughout the season. Also, they finally are getting some chemistry going together, winning six straight as it stands at the time of this being recorded. I'm hoping these trades won't mess up the uh, momentum too much. But yeah, Schroeder, he was gone regardless. Everyone they gave up, I feel like they're not losing too much. Schroeder was going to be gone after this year. Richardson and Romeo were on bench guys, and everyone else were G Leaguers or didn't play at all. So overall, definitely a good deadline for the Celtics. Yeah, that, that's a fair assessment. I mean, freaking Ennis Freedom had to go. He he got waived immediately. He just kind of I feel like his time in this league has kind of come to an end. Did you see he posted a video on Twitter of, like, LeBron shooting him or something in, like, cartoon animated form? Like, he's just kind of come unhinged of late, and I'm glad that that he's kind of uh, being put on the back burner of the league. Yeah, I definitely think he's on his way out. I would honestly be surprised if he gets picked up in the buyout market, maybe by team desperate for a big, someone who needs offensive rebounding off the bench, but even if he gets picked up, I don't expect him to play hardly at all. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I think that's a pretty fair assessment of the Celtics. Um, I, I thank you for your time on the first episode, um, and I'm sure you'll be on many times in the future. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. It was fun, for sure. All right, man, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Yep, you have a good night.